Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. This is number 128 with TJ Albright. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks for letting us shine the light on some guys that maybe don't get a lot of the uh, glory and a lot of the podcasts and a lot of the stories that are going on out there. But they all got stories, and they're all interesting guys. And so uh, stoked that you guys listen to this show, for sure. Thanks to FXR Racing, Brock Tickle, Filthy Phil Nicoletti, uh, Enzo Lopes, uh, Osby, lots of guys wearing FXR Racing out there. Of course, the MX-101 team as well, debuting in Canada this weekend. They will be wearing the FXR Racing as well. Pulp MX-30 is the code to save with FXRRacing.com, designed by racers for racers. Their 2021 stuff is out now and uh, looking very bright. I shall say, at least the stuff that I've seen. So thanks to FXR Racing for coming on board and Racetech as well. Racetech.com for more information on there. They, they built suspension that Malcolm Stewart won Montreal Supercross on. They've uh, helped out the Alessi family for years as pros and amateurs. They've helped out uh, Alex Ray this year, Cade Clayson. Uh, a lot of guys use Racetech and Pulp 20 is the code to save with the, with the folks at Racetech. Get your suspension serviced, like get the oil change and some bushings and seals. If nothing else, just do that. And uh, get motor work done as well, get bike rebuilt, or they can do performance modifications, of course, as well. Two-stroke and four-stroke stuff, they can do it. Uh, thank you to those guys. Firepower as well. Well, over 50 years of experience in the industry, Firepower commits to quality, value, and service for your machine, whether it's batteries, whether it's chains, whether it's oil, which is brand new, uh, built from the ground up by a leading OEM manufacturer. Uh, Firepower can have you covered uh, head-to-toe. Kyle Chisholm using Firepower, A-Raid using Firepower, Ben LeMay, GDR Honda, you name it. I've gotten a lot of guys hooked up with Firepower over the years, and they've all been very, very happy with it. Firepowerparts.com for more information on that. Namira Pistons, Namira.com, Pistons with an attitude. Uh, since 2001, Namira has been supplying factory-level pistons and gaskets for every make and model. From two wheels to four, from weekend warriors to winter X Games, Darren Mees and A-Ray, Namira Advanced Piston Tech has increased engine performance and reliability without increasing your budget. And Max's Tires, of course, when you talk about privateers, uh, Catanzaro, A-Ray, using Max's Tires MXSTs. I've got a set on my bike right now, actually. And uh, I know you may not always think about Max's Tires when it comes to high-performance tires, high-end tires, but these guys can do it, and they've made it. And so please check those guys out, Maxxis.com. Mountain bike tires, of course, are phenomenal, whether it's the Minions um, or, um, yeah, whatever they got. The, the new one is uh, – I'm going to screw up the name. It's uh, AG – A-S, A-S-G, A-S-G, yeah, I don't know, bro. A-S-E-G, I don't know. I sound like an idiot now, but they're really good, and they're new. And my mountain bike buddies tell me they work awesome. So I've got a set. I haven't mounted them yet, but uh, they're the latest, greatest things from the folks at Maxxis.com. So please check those out, and uh, let's call TJ up and talk about Supercross this year, Supercross last year, some nationals, and more. All right? All right, as promised, on the line, privateer hero. He's out there on a KTM 250 in Supercross. You've seen him this year uh, from New York. TJ Albright, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Not too much. Just uh, It's a Wednesday. Got the day off, road Monday, Tuesday. So just relaxing today and then getting ready for the rest of the week and the outdoors coming. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, I guess, first of all, uh, you're a listener. You're a podcast listener. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a podcast guru. I got... Uh, <laughs> I got the notifications turned on as soon as uh, it gets uploaded to the uh, Apple app. It notifies me, and I listen to it right away. My girlfriend doesn't like it all the time. Right, all I want right. to do. <laughs> Mo- Monday, Monday nights laying in bed, I just want to watch you know, the YouTube Live or the Facebook Live. But then she's like, well, let's watch a movie or something. I'm like, this is my movie. It doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> well, if you're ever out here, and uh, come by the studio. If you're ever out in Vegas, for sure. We'd love to have you. 
Um, oh yeah, and awesome. you you play Pulp Mix Fantasy too, don't you? Or you did? No, I I play hardcore. This uh, I didn't go out to Salt Lake, so I was yeah. taking it super serious. <laughs> uh, like it's the most effort I ever put into it. It was the Salt Lake Run because I wasn't racing and. I did pretty good a few weekends. Like my best overall was like 32nd, I want to say. Okay. Um, if I'm in like uh, a league with all my buddies and yep. if I missed a lot of rounds when East Coast started because I just honestly forgot to put it, put in a team. Yeah. But I broke it down. If freaking um, it was just Salt Lake, I, I crushed the league that I was in. So I need to <laughs> put, a, put, a te- put a team in every weekend. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, oh, that's good though. That's uh, what'd you say, thirty second? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. probably my was my best in the seven rounds of Salt Lake. Um, oh, that's awesome. Um, good to hear. And yeah, uh, it's it's addicting, isn't it? It can get it can get super addicting, bro. Yeah, it re- it was wrecking my nights. Like sometimes, if uh, for the most part, Salt Lake was good, but like me and my girlfriend were watching the race or whatever, and I was like. I'm going all in tonight. And then she's like, don't do it. You're just going to be mad. And I'm like, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah. It, it, uh, it can get there. And, uh, it's been really good for us, man. I've been super surprised that like how many people play and how many people are into it and, and all of that, man. It's, it's been, it's been a big hit for us at Pulp Mix. So that's cool. Yeah. I think a lot of it too is it's not like the website is super, you know, we're in 2020 now, but it's still hard for people to figure out stuff, you know, yeah. but it's not like the website is super challenging. Like it's all self-explanatory. So it just makes it so much uh, easier to dial, dial in your pick. You would think so, dude. But the questions we get are some of the dumbest ones ever. Like you're just like the rules are on the site. You can see how to play. And and we get I mean, we get emails that are like, you, you didn't score this guy right. And we're like, he was an all star. Oh, sorry. Yeah, what, my bad. You're just like, oh, what? Fuck. What I don't get is like, so I'll be, it'll be the first lap of the 250 main and somebody will have negative seven points on the low score. Like, do they just pick a first lap leader and then don't pick any other, anybody else? I don't know. Like, man. I don't know. I don't know if you, if, if some people gamble like heavily, like on guys like yourself, like, you know, like 14s and 16s and, and, and if they get it, they're going to win the whole week, you know? And if they don't, guys don't make the mains then they're out you know i don't know i i I wonder the same thing tj i'm with you like i don't get it so uh it's it's certainly pretty weird that way but uh no thanks for listening and thanks for playing and all that Uh, it's been great um and and to to listen to guys like benny bloss plays too and talking about picking picking in between the motos and cheering your guys on in between the motos and stuff and all that you're just like oh god you guys are, are hardcore so yeah no it's like i remember uh in 2019 when i made my first uh, 250 main i didn't have myself but i picked pennington and this when pennington always had the big picks big picks, yeah like the high high pick trends and me and him got into it on the last lap and then i literally was one of my besides like i finally made a main of my first main event one of my <laughs> top th- one of my first three thoughts was i had pennington and he didn't make it and i didn't even have myself i don't even want to look at my score you know <laughs> was that minneapolis well, yes, it was. Yeah, because we we did one of these before, and I believe you told me that story. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so hey, uh, yeah, we saw you in the East Coast on a KTM uh, before the uh, before the pandemic hit and, and was on hold. And you do you weren't out of Salt Lake. Uh, what was the reasoning for that? How close did you come to going out and, and doing the rounds, finishing the series? Well, so my East Coast 
I read uh, two fifty East, and honestly, I was really prepared. Like coming in, I was down at the Go Farm all winter. I it was the most prepared I ever could have put myself in a situation to go racing, and it honestly just you know whatever it was, I just could not put it together. So when the break hit, I sold my bike, and <laughs> I basically I sold everything. I had for a 250, literally my bike, every single thing. And I went out and I bought a 450 okay. and I was like, I, I couldn't get it done in Supercross. So one last hurrah, let's get this done in like treat it like one last hurrah and let's get it done in outdoors. So I put everything into that. And then, so then I got the phone call from the AMA and they're like, Hey, do you want to come race? And I'm like, well, I sold everything I had. <laughs> and then because, because you guys said that we were going racing in September and then she was like, Oh, I was like, I'm gonna have to buy a bike, figure out how to get out there. And she was like, Oh, well I need an answer by 6 PM or we're going to uh, fill your spot. We're gonna move and on. <laughs> like, I, I took my phone off my ear and looked at the time, Steve, and it said 426. I was like, I have to figure this out in an hour and 34 minutes. Like what? Oh. So that it really, I was like, well, you know, put me on the alternate list for the 450 class. Cause that makes sense. I'll, you know, I have a yep. 450. I'll drive out there. The pay is a little better. So yeah. it makes up for, you know, I was in New York at the time. So to drive to Utah is a, you know, a day and a half of yeah. driving. Yep. So I uh, I put on the 450 alternate list, but that list was really long, so I didn't make the cut on that. But, um, yeah, it was just – I really honestly didn't have a bike to go race. You know, if you had been out there, uh, you probably would have got in. Like Logan Carnell got in on a 250. Some guys got mm -hmm. raced their 250s in the 450 class because by the end they were looking for guys. But, yeah, I understand you're not going to drive all the way out there on that kind of hope, right? But Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, hey, listen, dude, I'm with you. I was sponsoring RJ Hampshire. And uh, put some money into that program. And then, you know, he had an ACL issue. And he went and got it fixed because all the Supercross was going to start in the fall. And he was going to miss outdoors and then immediately pick it up. And boom, Supercross is going now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you on the bitterness part of it. Yeah, I've, it's like the whole indie thing. I've had a rough two weeks before indie. Just to kind of – a little bit of the story was the Monday before Daytona, I blew a transmission in my bike. So then I had another motor from my bike last year and I put that in and then I went to Daytona and I blew a transmission in practice. So I didn't even get a chance to go out and race at Daytona and I made the main at Daytona last year. So like I was feeling good going yeah, into it yep. and it's just one of those things like you hear riders talk about it all the time. You have success somewhere, no matter what it is, you just are a little bit more confident going into that kind of that uh, venue. Yep. And so then I blew a transmission Monday and then I blew one again at Daytona, two different engines. Yeah. And then we get back from Daytona and I go on uh, Rocky Mountain to look at the parts and it says all out of stock, out of stock. So then I had a finally found this dealership in Texas that had them, overnighted them. I, the most bike work I've ever done was like tires, you know, yeah. the, the basic stuff, switch suspension, stuff like that. And I spent all the money on overnighting the parts, it was like 200 and something dollars in shipping. I spent all my money on doing that with still having enough to get to Indy. So I had to learn how to do a bottom end in a 250. And I was up to 4 a.m. two nights in a row getting it all together. I got the van loaded up. 
I drove from the shop here at uh, the Carmichael Farm to my camper, took a shower. I got out of the shower and I got a phone call that the race was canceled. I was oh. like, I, it was one of those bittersweet moments. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was gnarly. Um, did you get what? What'd you get for a forfeit? Did you get a KTM? Uh, well, actually, um, I had a Husky Husqvarna in Supercross, but I didn't. You did? get, oh, okay. All yeah. Right. So. But I didn't register for contingency soon enough, so I registered that I was on a KTM, so I could get contingency. <laughs> but I just got a Husky 450. Oh, okay, all right. So it's, it's going to be Husqvarna then. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, are you going to do all of them? Probably not that Washougal one, right? We were just talking yeah, about that. Yeah. Not the Washougal one. I'm going to do Loretta's and then uh, Indiana, and then my suspension guy actually lives in Michigan, which is pretty convenient because. With the both Red Buds and then Minnesota, it actually works out good because Red Bud's three and a half hours from his house, and then uh, Millville is eight hours, which eight hours isn't bad. And then I'll yeah. come back down, stay in my camper for WW, and then I've actually never been out to California before in my okay. life, so All I right. really want to go do. I'm going to go do Thunder Valley, and then if that California round happens, I'll do that. Yep. But uh, um, yeah, I've just never been out to California, so I'd really like to go experience it. I'm sure I probably won't like it being from the East Coast, but I might as well try. <laughs> well, call off Phil. Call off Phil. He's a huge California guy. <laughs> All he does is yeah, complain sure. about the place. Um, I can only imagine his road rage. We had Davey on, uh, Davey Coombs on the, the Monday night show, and he said he's 80% sure that these races all get done. That was a little scary, a little low for me on that number. <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard that too, and I was like, honestly, if this gets canceled one more time, I am just packing my stuff, going home and working with my dad for the rest of the year. So you said earlier that it was going to be one last shot for you. Is that kind of where you're at, one last shot in 2020 outdoors? Well, yeah, honestly, like I'm, I'm 21 years old, so it's not like I'm super old, but I'm at the same time, I'm not super young. I'm not a 17-year-old kid coming up that's going to get a fill-in ride on a factory 250 team. Like That's just not realistic, right. and I I try to be real with myself because I don't want to set these high expectations and then you know look back and be like, oh, it was a, I didn't have a good career or whatever. So I just try yeah. to be real with myself of like where I'm at and all that, but I'm 21 years old. I really thought the East Coast supercross this year was going to be a completely different situation than what it actually was uh -huh. so like coming into outdoors it's literally like i have no pressure on my like i put a lot of pressure on myself for the east coast because of what i wanted to do what i wanted to accomplish but coming into outdoors i realized that in supercross that didn't work so i need to do just whatever makes me happy and i honestly think if i look at it as just going out there having fun and treated it like like taking the moment and just embrace it all, I could see it being the best possible results for me with that mm -hmm. type of attitude. Yep. But like, I just, I don't want to be the type that like, I don't have the ends to go over to Europe or do all that where a lot of these guys make their money. Like I don't know the people in order to get involved with that. Not saying that I couldn't get to know them, but a lot of them, yeah. they have their guys. Like they're not just going to bring over a, you know, a 250 East coast kid that doesn't have, you know, the results to back it up that other kids, other dudes do. So I need to, you know, think like further into my life, like what I actually yeah. want to do, you know? So you work with your dad. Is that what you kind of do to make money when? Yeah. So yeah. my, my dad, my dad owns a landscaping company back in New York. And, uh, when Supercross got canceled, I drove home, uh, 
I worked with my dad from the day I got home until about a month and a half ago, just saving up as much, as much money as possible to come back down here and put like it all into my program for outdoors. Mm -hmm. And so I did all that, which if that, uh, if that didn't, if I didn't have the opportunity to go work for my dad, I probably wouldn't be racing outdoors because I wouldn't be able to, you know, make money working for somebody and then, you know, supplying everything else that comes along with it, you know, but my, my family still helps me out like tremendously, like whatever I need, they help me out with. But beginning of this year, my dad was like, listen, like I, my dad's like, I have to start thinking about my future, you know, like retirement and all kinds of things like that. He's like, I can't be helping you out. Like I can't be fronting the bill for every single thing. Cause that my dad literally fronts the bill for everything. Like I don't, I have plenty of people that come to me and say, Oh, we'll pay for this. We'll pay mm-hmm. for that. Like I actually, before Supercross, a guy came to me and he was like, yeah, we're going to like, I'll pay for, uh, your hotels, your race entries, blah, blah, blah. Just get a number together and, you know, call me back. And I was like, sweet. Like I've never had this. Like I was right. so grateful for it. And I call, tried to call the guy back, call the guy back, text the guy, call him, no answer. Just completely yeah. ghosted me. Oh, and, but that, I was actually talking to Big Rick Carmichael about that. And he said, yeah, that's just the industry we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, no, it kind of is, um, for sure. Uh, I think last time we did this, you were at GPF? Uh, I was at GPF. Uh, well, I've just left GPF and it was my first year at the, the okay. Carmichael Farm. All right. So, uh, how's that been for you? I know, you know, Moran's was on, I did one of these with Kevin Moran's, uh, while he was, uh, in Salt Lake and, you know, he left there, uh, kind of working at home and he talked about the price of it and, and, and all of that. And, and I mean, you got to go all in and, but it's great, but it's ain't, but it ain't cheap and you got to get results. So for you, TJ, how is it? No. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely pricey. I don't want to say the price on the air. We can talk about it off the phone, but I just, I just don't know, you know, the gist of it or what, how it goes, but it's definitely pricey. Um, but how I look at it is like how I was always brought up with my dad and my family is you're either all in or you're all out. Like yeah. there's no in between. So if I actually want to, you know, get results, I'm not going to get results riding, you know, shell shale pit tracks back in uh, new york that's that's just yeah. not gonna cut it so yeah. i need to be down here riding with guys like savachi and stuff like that to where you know mm-hmm. you see the you see the pace every day and you see how much those guys work i mean i could easily the easy way to do it is to go to a local track in new york and you're riding and everyone's coming up to you and they think you're a hero and you feel so good because you're not getting passed or nobody's you know three four seconds a lot faster than you that's the easy way of doing it where I would rather come down here, yeah. spend the extra money and put all my eggs into one basket. And and then, you know, if the year doesn't go as planned, I can't be like, well, I didn't do this and I could have did this. I did everything I possibly yeah. could. And it, it just, it's on me. It just didn't work out. There's no really you know, escape plan or excuses to make when you're all in. No, I like it. I like it. And you know, like on a, on a bigger level, like, you know, Dunge was, doing his own thing and uh and all of that and he was winning but he wasn't quite sure if it was enough and he or maybe it was too much or whatever he go he gets with alden baker and that whole part of like am i doing what am i doing am I, is, is it too much is it not enough blah 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 that's all gone because he knows alden's program works we all know it does and mm-hmm. then he that was a total peace of mind for him and he doesn't have to worry about anything and for you as a privateer you're like, okay, what do the factory guys do? What do, what do these guys do? What, what's going on? Well, here it is. Here's what they yeah. do. 
You know what I mean? And, and like you said, it, that part of it is totally off your brain. So I, I get it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like the past two or three weeks. Also, after Supercross, when I went home and I was working, like I wasn't able to ride. So like I fell out of sh- riding shape pretty quick and riding shape. And even if you're still doing runs or you're still, you know, going on bike rides and stuff like that, if you're not riding, you're losing fitness. Yep. So until about two or three weeks ago, like two or three weeks ago, I really started being able to have my first lap and my last lap of a 35 minute moto actually be, you know, close instead of eight to 10 seconds off when you're just fading. But like, I was even talking to, uh, Joey about this, Savachi about this. He's like, you just honestly, you have to be willing to be on the verge of dying and just suffering because it's a hundred and six, 106 degrees out here yesterday when we did two 35 minute motos. And yeah. the, the second one, you get seven, eight laps to go and it's just a suffer fest. And you literally, you have to learn how to do that and you have to, you know, embrace it. If you don't want to do it, it's just going to be, mm-hmm. you know, hell. So what's the number one thing? Obviously, like you said, you're back on the program now. Um, is it the, what do you get most out of it? Is it the off the bike stuff, on the bike stuff? What what kind of really do you enjoy, and do you feel like it helps you most with? Uh, honestly, the the on the bike stuff because I generally just love riding dirt bikes. Like mm-hmm. I love everything about dirt bikes. I I think that's why I listen to so many of your shows and just every show. Yeah, yeah. I right. literally, <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just a fan of dirt bikes and i love the whole entire industry and yes i wish our sport was mlb or nba but you know we're just not there yet but i still love it and i honestly just love the like i kind of treat riding dirt bikes as like a game like there's always another level to get to and wherever you're at you can always be better Mm -hmm. and even if you you drop down a few levels you might you just got to climb back up just the endless climb and the endless grind and just the suffering and that that feeling when you're you're riding and it's just all feels right. Like no right. matter what you do, you just feel right. And that's honestly what I love the most about being down here. And I, I, I enjoy suffering because I know when I'm suffering that it's just going to help me, you know, mm-hmm. August 15th at Loretta's. So if I wasn't suffering now, I'm going to suffer then. Yeah. Oh dude. I, it's, I've been in Florida in the summer many times as a mechanic and standing out there, pit boarding rider. And I'm just like, this is unbelievable. I would, I live in Vegas. It was 112 the other day here. I would way rather have this heat than Florida heat any day of the of the week, man. It is unbelievable down there in the summer. Yeah, it's insane. Like <laughs> we on our motorboat days, we ride. We don't start until 12:30 in the afternoon to ride. Excuse me yeah. to ride to ride in the heat. Yeah, but um, like. I was saying to Jeannie yesterday, I was like, Jeannie, I was out here at 1030 looking at the track and I promise you it's plenty hot enough. And she was like, well, you know, it's eight degrees warmer. Yeah. Eight degrees. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that's Jeannie. Um, oh, that's awesome. No. And, and how's Joey been with you? I talked to Kevin a little bit about it. Uh, obviously look, he's on a different program and everything else. Is he, does he help you? Does he, uh, does he, if you got questions, he, 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 you know, gives you some answers. So I'm going to be straight up right now. When I first got to the farm, Joey is a very quiet person. Like he, is, he just yep. keeps he, he just keeps to himself. So straight up, when I first got to the farm, it was like I almost because of the caliber of rider he is and the level he's on. I almost was like, well, I don't want to go talk to him because like I don't want to intrude 
But then at the same time, I felt like he should maybe come talk to me to break the ice. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, it was I just that. like, right. <laughs> like I just, I just didn't know exactly how to how to handle the situation. So like I was kind of like we never really. I was at the farm for mm, five months, and then we just you know talked on the track a little bit, like just small talk. Yeah. But honestly, like he's really opened up, and like he's honestly a really good guy. And he helps me out on the track this past, you know, two month and a half, two months so much. Like if you're willing to listen and if he says something and you like go out there and try it and if you're out there trying all he want, like he said to us the other day, like he will help us with anything as long as we're given a hundred percent out there every time. And like, if he says something, we listen and go do it. Or if we're just like, you know, Oh, he, whatever. Don't, yeah. I don't want to listen to him. Like he's, he's yeah, like yeah, straight yeah. up. If you, if you don't want to listen to me, tell me, and then I'm not going to waste like both of our times, but yeah. he's really like, he's came around and like, I really enjoy being around him. Like it's just me and him in the one shop and like, it's just jokes all day. Like it's honestly a fun environment. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, he's uh he's a little bit different dude for sure. And yeah, he is pretty reserved, you know, but, uh, on the other hand, you don't get to where he is without, you know, himself asking questions and himself learning and all of that stuff. Yeah. So um, that's good. That's cool. Um, and at GPF, it's more of a, a of a program where, you know, you're you're doing it yourself, right? Like you're kind of – you're setting your program, you're doing your own things, a little bit different at GPS? Yeah. When I was at GPF, well, I was at GPF for four total years, but three of those years it was just, you know, me and my dad down there in the wintertime. And, you know, you just do your own program like they don't offer when I was there, they didn't offer a gym program. There was really there was kind of a riding program, but it was, you know, Josh was just be out there with us. And, you know, like 10, 11 and 12 were doing, you know, moto sections or whatever. But for the most part, everybody was on their own. Yep. And then the last year I was there, I was with uh, Dylan Turner. And uh, so we had a, honestly a really strict program. And, you know, that was when I was at GPF with Dylan, it was completely different than all the other years I was there. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And then here is really strict and accountable. And if you're not on the clock, you're like, yeah, I've heard. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Never. I've never done a lap out here besides a parade lap before a moto that I was not on a stopwatch. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. I, I still tell the story. 99 RC's racing. I'm out there with, I go out there with Red Dog and we do three 30 minute motos at this sand track in the tall grass, tall grass and a sand track. That's all I remember. And Timmy made it two and a half. JT made it two. Ricky did all three. And then at the end of the day, she got on him because he wasn't, he didn't, he skipped the turns. He skipped the turns and she got on him. And I'm like, bro. He just did three thirties on a KX125. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just she's just gnarly. It's just insane. So yeah. So that's actually a funny story. Last Monday, we did uh, a thirty-minute moto uh, on a Monday, and we actually got rained out the Friday before, so we didn't ride for three days. And normally, like if we don't ride for three days, we kind of take it easier first two sessions, just because you don't want to go out and sprint three days off the bike. Blah blah blah. So we did a thirty. Uh, a section and then we did a 777 and everyone was like man we did like a lot today for a monday like i think i put two hours on my bike yeah and uh 
later that night, Jeannie sent us, a t- all of us, everyone that's here in a group message, she sent us a text and it said what Ricky did. I think it was, oh, he was on a big bike. I think it might've been oh four. Okay. A Monday, a Monday after an outdoor national, he did three thirties in a section. I was like, <laughs> The, ne- the next day, Gene yeah. was like, what do you think about that? I was like, I'm just glad I'm not Ricky Carmichael. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Jeez. Uh, TJ Albright here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast, number 128. Pulp MX30 is the code to save with FXR. Uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save with Race Tech. I also want to thank the folks at Firepower. Uh, great oil uh, to add to their batteries and chains. Maxxis Tires and Namira Pistons as well. Uh, all on board with this podcast. So, um, you mentioned your Supercross and how you were prepped and ready to go, and it didn't quite work out. Uh, the Daytona thing sounds nutty. I, I get that. Um, what about what else? What else? What, what went wrong? Do you think looking back on it? Um, honestly, just the pressure I put on myself to you know I was so I was so ready almost that like I had so much confidence that I think I was overly confident. And once it just started going downhill, it just started going downhill. Like, like Tampa, for instance, practice went absolutely amazing. I was able to do press day in Tampa at round one. And that helped me so much in practice. And I'm never normally a qualifier. I am horrible at qualifying. And uh, it's actually something that I've been working on now because I don't want to be on the, I don't want to be stressing every weekend about if, you know, if I'm going to race an LCQ or not at these outdoors. So qualifying went well. I think I, qualified 23rd or 24th which i was pretty happy with because the first round of east it dwindled down towards the end but the first round was pretty stacked and then the heat race i crashed in the whoops like lap two and then the lcq i was just so overly confident and i just thought i was so much better than the guys that i was racing with and like i was second lap in the lcq i was in fifth and i was like i just need to get to the front like i'm in fifth i'm in a good position and i go down in the sand and then like honestly from there it was a snowball effect just into bed and then arlington or yeah arlington was round two the triple crown like i barely made that lcq i think i qualified 38th and (laughs) it's just like i was so confident and then two races in a row i just got my head kicked in right and it was like just trying to bring myself back and it was rough, but I mean, it is what it is, but now yeah. it's just on to, you well, know, you... I can't, it's over with, I can't dwell on it, but now it's just on to, you know, try, I learned so much through Supercross with just being level headed and mm-hmm. not trying to get too excited with how you're riding at the practice track. Yep. Because like in my rookie year in 2019 of Supercross, I, you know, if we had a 15 minute plus a lap moto i would be sitting on the starting gate before like kind of dwelling it and not really wanting to like i wanted to do it because i wanted to get better but it was like man this is going to be tough where in 2020 i was like i need to do 15 plus ones i need to do heat races i need to practice qualifying it was just a completely different attitude i had in 2020 and when it just started snowballing in and then i was like getting my head kicked in man it just was hard it was hard to come back from Dude, it's crazy how mental of a sport it is. It is really mental, you know, uh, and all you guys, we see it all the time. And, you know, it makes it, it makes it really hard to break down racing as a media guy, right? Because you just – everything has to be so imperfect and so in line for you guys to excel. And who knows what happened in the morning or the week before the week of or anything else, you know? It's, uh, it's crazy that way, the sport. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Every single rider deals with it. and it's, But then at the same time, if it was reversed, if you're feeling good and then you go to the first race and you do good, and then the whole season's yeah. a different outcome. It's yeah. Just, yeah, no, things turn quickly, right? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you, uh, you've ridden for the outdoors before, and of course that's what you're going to do coming up here. Man, you've been close to the top 20 a few times, huh? Yeah, actually, one motor, or uh, Unadilla 2018. 2018 was the first year I went pro, and Unadilla 2018 Moto 2, it was when it was super muddy. Muddy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I actually, I got 18th, but I got, I went off the track in the mud, and I cut a corner to get back on the track, and they docked me two positions. Oh. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got anything with the two points, but it would have been nice to have a top 20, you know, but yeah, for sure. it is, it is what it is. But I definitely, you know, when I raced outdoors in 2018 in the 450 class, I was on a 350 and it helped me in some spots. Like I really liked that bike, mm-hmm. but then in other spots it was, you know, like off starts. And if the, it was a super hilly track, like a Bud's Creek or Unadilla, for instance, it was super, you know, I would just get pulled because it's yeah. not a 450. And even like when we're out here riding today, I do a, my 450 is just stock and we go and do a start and like, it's everything I have to stay my front wheel on Joey's back wheel going down a start straight, you know? So, I mean, even if I was on a 350 on a start with a factory bike, it's just completely different. No, it'd be even worse for sure. Yeah. It, uh, it's yeah. So I feel like you're. You're one of those guys, you're, you know, you can ride, you can do the motos, and you just come up short a lot for points. Because, <laughs> uh, obviously, yeah. I think I picked you a few times in Paul Mix Fantasy, so I paid attention, you know? Yeah, during quarantine, uh, there wasn't – it was like a, maybe the week – no, it was after Salt Lake. I was just driving back down to – because I had to go home for a weekend to do some work to make some money to come back down here and, you know, stay down here. So uh, I was driving back from New York. And I went through and listened to that Unadilla uh, Pulp Fantasy one, and I got I, I killed it for points. I think uh, Dan and Paul picked me because they texted uh, Woodsy. Oh yeah, and then Woods, <laughs> yeah, Woodsy said to pick him. But oh yeah, listen, listen, we can't give Woodsy too much credit because he led us astray this year with a couple times that were just like really Josh, and he's like, sorry, man. I forget who it was. I forget which rider well, no. it was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, Wilson Fleming, and he said, don't pick him. I don't know much about his program, yeah. but Wilson was training at GPF, and then he came. T- Wilson started training at Carmichael's. Yeah. And so then you, one of you guys said you text Woodsy and you're like, Oh, I don't know. Loose program. But he was training, <laughs> he, he was training, he was training at Carmichael's and riding better than he ever was. That's what we do, dude. That's how we, that's how serious we take. <laughs> and if you, if Dan Truman picks you and you need something, I mean, he'll get it. He'll, he'll, he'll make it happen. So. Oh yeah. I need, I need, might need that at the outdoors. I better yeah. qualify good. I know. Right. Really. Um, so for yourself, like, uh, you're all in and everything else. Uh, you're a fast local New York guy. Can you, can you race up there and make money? Is that, is that hard to do? Uh, to, you know, or is it just kind of dying a little bit? Well, so I have a buddy that lives in Illinois and they have fair races. Yes. They big, have fair, big fair race. race. Yes. Yes. Like the ones that Bubba Pauly was on your show and he yeah. said that like he can make good money out of, but we don't have that in New York. Like we just have Sunday. Uh, there's this local series called MSC 
and there's like four or five tracks and the problem up north in new york i'm sure it's like this everywhere but there's two or three districts but everybody's competing against each other and they all schedule races on the same weekend yeah so i i do not understand that but back to the money thing in new york like if you go to a race no matter if there's three guys or there's 40 guys it is 60 dollars a moto win and then $80 for the overall. So you make you know, like 400, 450 bucks for if you go one, 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 one in right, both A classes. Right, right. Yeah. So it's not, not something that is really, yeah, is really feasible. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. It's not something that, you know, it's going to set you up for a good life. <laughs> and how's, how's uh, Husqvarna contingency? Uh, it's good. It's the same as KTM. Like if you, yeah. um, outdoors, uh, if you make the motos, it's 400 bucks. If you get in the top 20, it's 800. And then from 15th on, it goes up, uh, super cross. It's not like Cali. You have to make the main in order to get, you know, money. If you make the main 22nd and 20, 20th to 20 seconds, 400. And then it goes up from there. Um, but locally, like honestly, Kawasaki and like Suzuki locally kills it for contingency. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what obviously uh, Phil Phil's older than Phil Nicoletti, our, our buddy from New York. Uh, mm-hmm. He's older than you and all of that. But do you remember kind of being around him when he was when you were a kid? So my first year, I raced dirt bikes in 2009. There's this track called Claverack, and Phil was there. And I want to say 2009, he might have been 1110 Honda. Yeah, so, moose yeah, gear, yeah, moose gear, if I remember right. But anyway, I got a pair of Scott goggles from him. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And they were hanging up, they were hanging up in my room forever. And then eventually I had, a, I took a, uh, some like, uh, Windex and I sharpied the name off cause I needed goggles to wear and I ended up wearing them. But, <laughs> awesome. Is that? That's great. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell them that. That'd be great. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I just local races, nobody does that anymore, but you know, like you, like Paul, like Paulie said, the Illinois thing is strong. You know, there's certain pockets you can go. Um, you know, he cha- he goes to Spain and, and makes money. Um, there's ways for guys like you to just underneath the you know the high paying guys to try to eke out a living, but it's it ain't easy, dude. It's hustling. No, yeah, it's a hustle, like a stressful hustle. Like honestly, you, I can make more money back home doing training schools and training kids then I could, you know, going to uh, race on the weekends at a local race. Like when I, so outdoors last year, I had a pretty big injury at Red Bud and uh, I was hurt. And like the three or four weeks after my injury, I had, I had a riding school. And like, honestly, the amount of fun I had teaching these kids, like yeah. I had a pretty cool group of kids that were there with me. I, it was my first ever class I did at this local track called Parker MX in New York. And I had like, I want to say 12 people show up and everyone was like super eager to learn and they just were having a good time. And like, I honestly had more fun doing that than if I was to go race a local race on the weekend, like just, you know, teaching and giving back. And like, that's kind of what I see myself, you know, rolling into when I do slow down with the racing, because I don't want to be the type that's up home in New York working a full-time job and then you know driving to an outdoor national on the weekend because i know how hard it is to be competitive and if i'm not going to be competitive i'm not going to waste my money to go do a race you know just to say i'm at a pro national which i feel like a lot of people do they they just want to say they're there nobody really wants to actually go (laughs) go there with a plan to freaking get results you know yeah i know for sure do you like supercross or motocross better 
Um, I have a really big BMX background, like we talked about last time when I was on. Yeah. So oh, Supercross. Right. Yeah, yeah. You you were pretty good at it, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was pretty good, and like it was BMX came so easy to me, and that's kind of how I feel that Supercross came. Like it Supercross didn't Supercross isn't easy, and it didn't come easy. And the first year I was riding it. Man, I was scared to death of the whoops. I thought about those things when I was going to bed, when I was making dinner. When I, when the, if I was washing my bike, I was thinking about hitting the whoops the next day. But I made a big jump from 2019 to 2020 in the whoops. And yeah. like when you're scared, when you're scared of the whoops, the, you're on the triple on the other side of the track. You're thinking about the whoops. Like that's yeah. just how it works. Yeah, yeah. And once I kind of crossed that hurdle, like I had a lot of fun riding Supercross, and it almost comes a little more easy to me because. I have a short attention span. Like when I'm riding outdoors in a 35 minute moto, like I start thinking about like movies, like what I'm going to do for dinner. Like it's just ah. hard to keep me like on the same yeah, track, you know? Right. Right. Oh, interesting. But I like Supercross a lot more because it almost reminds me of BMX and I can kind of use, I'm a taller kid. I'm like six one. So I can kind of use my height to my advantage in some sections. But uh, yeah, Supercross is more fun for me personally. Before we were hit record, we talked a little bit about the Canadian Nationals. You said you had just listened to the preview pod with Galdi and Newf and uh, and Ryder McNabb, Manitoba Zone. You, you've you've been around him a little bit. He's for real. Yeah, he's he's good, man. Uh, when was it uh, over the winter? Sometime you know, January, February, March. Ryder Tanner Ward and Dylan Wright were down at Carmichael's riding and training with Jeannie, and just to see Ryder, such a young kid. I mean, he was doing top ends in his bike, switching pipes, doing clutches. I mean, at 14, I wasn't doing that. I didn't even know where to start. Well, he's already but doing he, that. He's got, he's better than 80% of the pros right now. For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like the kid just, Jeannie would tell him to go do something. He'd go do it. Like, I don't know much 14 year olds that are willing to suffer like, like that. I mean, you hear stories of these pro like Adam Cincerello, 14, he was willing to do that, Yeah. but there's not too many kids at 14 just willing to go out there and suffer. And, He's 14. He's probably five four, five five on a 250. He throws it around good. Like he has good bike control. Like he, I'd wow. say he's the the next up and comer for uh, Canada and Manitoba, which you'd be proud about. Right. We had a guy in Manitoba finish national number five in 1991, and that's about it, dude. We haven't had any local guys had success on a national level uh, for that long. Uh, Ryan Miller was a dude who was top 30 national number, you know, ish a few times, maybe top 20. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting all my hope on, on McNabb. The only bad part is is uh, is it's Newf is, is mechanic, so God knows what could happen. Newf could fuck the whole thing up, <laughs> TJ. So, you know, yeah, you know, like they like they said, it would rider should just do his own bike work, and New should get a water. Yeah, pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Uh, FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life Podcast Number One Twenty Eight. Thanks to uh, Firepower and Namira and Maxis for all coming on board. Uh, thanks to those companies, they support a lot of privateers out there uh, with the products, and, uh, and they continue to do so. So, thank you to those guys for coming on board. Um, all right, TJ. Well, um, good luck in the nationals, man. Did I did I miss anything? Uh, anything else we need to talk chat about? No, I think we covered it all. We covered the interesting, you know, transmission story yes, yes. before Indy, and then talked about some racing and shot the shit, and it was a good talk. Thank you, and I appreciate for you uh, having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. Good luck with everything. You're you're going to be prepped and ready to go if you've been at the goat farm for this time uh, for the Nationals. I, I suspect that, 
you know, come round one in Tennessee, you'll be like, yeah, I'm ready. So that's good. That's a good thing. And uh, and hopefully you'll get some points this year, man. That'll be awesome just to start getting a national number, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's definitely the ultimate goal is to score enough points to get a two-digit number. And the main goal at the end of it, if I'm being realistic, is to just be the top fantasy scorer every weekend. That's all <laughs> I want. Yeah, that's that's not so bad, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a small thing for sure. So, um, well, hey, man, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. And uh, would you want to give a shout-out to some of your sponsors if you, if you want to? anybody who uh yeah i just like to thank uh my whole family my mom and dad my grandma and grandpa my aunt everybody that does so much for me my girlfriend uh tim and heather at tcd suspension in michigan they helped me out a bunch todd at tlr uh fly racing they've been with me from the, the bmx days and then uh Garnet boots. The new fly formula is really good. I know you know about that helmet, Steve. Yeah, it's great. Um, Love it. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, just local tracks back home, Parker and Max. It's a great track. Uh, he doesn't charge us if we have a pro license, which is super cool. Not many tracks do that. Yeah, so I'd like cool. to give him yeah. a big, big thanks. And then everybody else at the goat farm, my trainer, Dylan Turner, and everybody else, thank you so much. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks very much, TJ. Appreciate it. Good luck. And well, I'll see you this summer. Come find me. We'll, uh, we'll chat it out. Thanks, man. All right, perfect. Thank you, Steve.